Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless, the podcast that teaches you how to live a healthier lifestyle that makes you and the planet happier. The world is changing quickly. Sometimes it feels like you can't keep up. I hear you. You want to make the world a better place. You care, but you don't know where to start. You know taking care of yourself is important, but how? I get it. I have a history of diving into a new endeavor, seeking perfection, and quickly feeling like I failed. Whether it was going vegan or learning how to recycle more, I wish I had guidance to keep me on track and not overwhelmed. I can't lie, the world needs your help, but it doesn't need you to be perfect. This podcast is here to help. Here we go. Today on the podcast, I talk to vegan vitamin company Terra Seeds founder and my friend Maria Sebrian. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you, Carly. It's really nice to be here with you today. I was thinking before we were hopped on to record today that we've been, I've known you for a couple of years now. It's wild it's what over. time does. Maybe the lover, Carly, I'm thinking over two years. Yeah. Like yeah, really, truly. Time flies. It's like, oh. It does. It does. So we know each other because you are a founding member of TerraSeed, the vegan vitamin company that I started using and connected with you all and have been connected with since. So can you tell us a little bit about TerraSeed and where it came from? Totally. Well, TerraSeed is the most sustainable and ethical supplement brand in the U.S. for sure. And it was born in September 2020. So it was just in the midst of COVID. It was yeah. so crazy. <laughs> we never saw that coming. I founded the company mainly because of my own need as a vegan. Mm-hmm. I I had been a vegetarian for many years and I decided to go fully vegan at some point. Also a mountain runner, long distance mountain runner. Mm-hmm. So it was a big concern about, you know, getting all the nutrients I needed as an athlete. Mm. And I started supplementing and I was taking like all these different supplements, right? Especially when you're starting on a vegan diet, like a full vegan diet, mm-hmm. you there it takes time to figure out like meals and how to prep meals and nutrition. So I decided to take like all these different supplements, you know, iron and vitamin D3 and B12 and omegas and everything. <laughs> and I hated I'm it. I'm laughing because you know? I relate. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, you know, like carrying all these bottles everywhere and they were all made with plastic, you know, like I became vegan because of the environment mostly. I, and then, you know, like with time is for everything, right? It's healthy mm-hmm. animals, of course. But at that point I was like very, very concerned about the environment. So I was like, oh my God, I hate this experience, all these plastic pill bottles. But then the thing that was like absolutely crushing and appalling was that I learned that these supplements were made with animal derived ingredients. Mm. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? So I was like, no way, you know, there must right. be another way of building these, these type of products. So I started researching and I couldn't find a lot of transparency about all of these you know, what, what is in my supplements? Did you use any animals to make these supplements? And after a while, I thought I want to build, yeah, like a supplement brand that resonates with vegans values and our lifestyle, our, our way of like purchasing products. Mm-hmm. And that's how I started. 
and it wasn't an easy journey. It hasn't been an easy journey. It's been like really, really tough and challenging in many ways. Especially, I mean, starting in September of 2020, mm. contextually is just such a wild time to start anything. Now that we oh. look back, of course, at the time, <laughs> it, 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 it was different, but and not even good or bad so much as just a wild time to start something. Absolutely. And, you know, at that point, a lot of people started supplementing more than it. Like, you know, mm. there were news about like the use of D3 to prevent COVID and you need to take right. your vitamins and the demand of, of supplements and vitamins during COVID is spiked to, I don't know, I think it grew like somewhere around 12 to 15%. Wow. Which for a pre-established market, that's insane growth. Like, yeah. so that was a big challenge for a small company like ours because the demand was so high mm. that manufacturers had so much work that they couldn't take on like a small new companies because it takes time to figure out the formulation and try try the product and see, you know, like all, all the R&D phase of, of building like a new product, you know, like it's, it's right. pretty complex. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were like, yeah, we don't have time. We don't have the space. And so it was difficult to get their attention and, and close deals. And it was very, very challenging. Also, there were a lot of ingredient shortages at mm -hmm. that time. Mm -hmm. And transportation was like very difficult. And a lot of ingredients come from, from Europe, from Asia. So it was hard to get some of the ingredients. In our case, we only use sustainably sourced ingredients that mm -hmm. have no impact on natural ecosystems, the way we, we source them. And we work with some providers in Europe and Asia. So it was very difficult to, to get those ingredients on time and Right. We ran out of products and we had inventory issues. So it was very challenging. <laughs> it wasn't easy. <laughs> How has Terracy then persisted through that? Mm -hmm. I think it, it has persisted because we are a very stubborn team, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and because we are very mission driven. And right. You know, like, I, I think when you build a business, you really need to understand why you're doing it. And if your why is not strong enough, chances are that you're going to to eventually quit, right? Because right. It's, it's just building a business is just so so tough. It's so hard. And and it's a roller coaster, but the downs are, are, are really, really intense. The same as the ups. But I think in, in this case, it was just like knowing we're doing the right thing, being very encouraged about our customers, you know, like the industry were sort of giving us a feedback. You, you, this is necessary. This is this is a good idea. You have to right. do it. You're making an impact. And being very mission driven, I think it's been super key to overcome all the hurdles and all the, the challenges. So you mentioned that you went vegan originally for the environment and then kind of classically all the other dominoes fall shortly yeah. behind that. When did you go vegan? How long have you been vegan now? 
I've been vegan since 2018. Okay. That was, uh, so how many years? Five years, six years almost. That's the same year as me. All right. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Before Mm -hmm. that, I had been a vegetarian for quite a long time, but I think it was, it was also not just the diet. It was more like the mindset. Yeah. You know, like I I think veganism, and I could say I follow a plant-based diet, but it's a different thing, right? I think my mind is like very vegan now. Mm -hmm. And something else that I've been working on for a number of years is a documentary about the reality of the the meat industry and the animal factoring farms and uh, you know like when, when I started working on that documentary it was just so mind-blowing and it was so horrifying mm-hmm. that once you get to know all that truth I think there's no way back you know like you just exactly there's no way you you will ever eat anything that comes from an animal knowing the level of suffering that that is involved you can't unsee it. Mm-mm. I think we we actually we we've been shooting this documentary for a few years now, and we've been following an organization called Direct Action Everywhere (DXC). Mm. They are pretty pretty controversial, I I would say, like in the in the way they they fight for this for this the, their mission and you know to defend the animals, but the founder always says this is a fight against lack of information Mm. that's the main problem right because it's so hard to actually swallow all this information you know like people don't want to know and the minute they come close to this type of information they shut down they just don't want to hear because it's so hard it's so tough to hear this 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 truth right Mm -hmm. so for me i dove right into like this is a situation with animals in the U.S. And yeah, it was devastating. So animals became as important as the environment for me, for sure, after, after knowing all that. <laughs> so it's, it's funny we're chatting today because I just, once in a while, I'll share a post on social media and mostly it seems in my experience speaking personally men get very upset at me for talking about going vegan and talking about how you don't need meat to survive it seems to upset a few and one reel this week got a bunch of comments and one thing was about how well you have to supplement with b12 and that's not real and so it's not a diet or a blah 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 which i know you've encountered or heard oh my god yeah a million times so what do you say to people who have that defense when you're like yeah you should take b12 on a on a vegan diet or xyz Mm -hmm. i think there is a very easy explanation for b12 you know at the end of the day we should be getting b12 from from leaves of plants and because we clean everything and sanitize all our vegetables there's no way we can actually take B12, right? So animals do it for us mm-hmm. or do it for some people. They just eat all these plants. They store B12 that can be obtained through their meat, you know, for 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 humans to 
to consume or like to take these B12. So I everyone is is potentially deficient in B12 because of how our food is handled absolutely. now, correct? Absolutely. That's correct. Right. So, you know, like you take it from animals, I take it from a supplement that doesn't involve right. any animal suffering. You know, like that's right. It's, it's with omegas. Like a lot of people don't know this, but omega 3 comes from normally algae in the mm -hmm. sea and fish is the same situation they eat the the algae they take all these omegas from the algae they store that omega and then you can kill the fish you can take the oil of the fish and you can obtain omega-3 but what if you remove the middleman and go directly to the source of omegas which is algae. you know the algae and you can even take it further. For example, instead of going to the sea to obtain the omega-3 from algae, in this case for terracid, we actually work with this ingredient provider that grows the algae indoors in a very controlled environment. So very there's cool. no there's no any harm, you know, like that is made to marine ecosystems and the quality of the oil is amazing, super high, you know, like. Right. Why, why you, you don't even need to go to these natural ecosystems or na natural environments to to actually source these these ingredients so uh, for me it's a no-brainer you know like right why shouldn't i take my b12 or my omega from a supplement that i know has been made with sustainably sourced ingredients instead of right. going to animals or go you know and i'm so always so <laughs> scratching my head because when you look at the the supplement industry so much of it is aimed at non-vegans or whoever the hell will buy it yeah I you know, know there's so many people that aren't vegan that are supplementing all these things or whey protein or whatever it is but mm -hmm. something about the vegan diet and it having to think about b12 makes people lose their marbles mm. yeah it's so interesting carly because We've even had that feedback from vegans, like why you don't need vitamins when you are on a vegan diet. You don't need to supplement. You get right. everything you need, even like some forms of B12 can be find, found in, in some plants. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I think the U.S. as a country, I think is is 80% of Americans supplement. Mm -hmm. So there is wow. like a culture of supplementation, making sure I have all my my nutrients and even I even if I follow like a very healthy diet I still like to supplement I think there is a cultural aspect of supplement supplementing you don't see that in Europe for example I'm originally That's what I was just Spain. gonna ask is what is that yeah. comparatively to other places? oh my god yeah I I would say in Spain for I'm, I'm originally from Spain I think probably like 20 25 percent of people wow. supplement so it's a very different Culturally, it's a very different situation. So it's a quick fix I or know, the idea but, of one. Not that these yeah. there aren't validity to things, but I feel like mm -hmm. some of those in that industry is selling this like quick fix to everything with this one bottle of magic. Yeah. And it's easy, right? Also, like health insurance is not so easy to access mm. health services. So I'm going to make sure like I get all these nutrients, you know? Right, right. I, I, I think for vegans, I think it takes time as what I was saying before. I think it takes time to figure out nutrition. And I think you have to relearn 
how to cook, how to prepare your meals, and it takes time. So I've always envisioned TerraSeed is an all-in-one multivitamin for people who want to cover their their basic their basics yep. like their basic nutritional needs. Yep. And then once you learn and once you feel more comfortable with your nutrition patterns and your nutrition habits, then you can start thinking, okay, maybe I only need like an essential. And there are a lot of like uh, three ingredient multivitamins in the market, like with the omegas, the B3 and the B12. Or you can think about only supplementing with B12 or you can just like, you know, start experimenting with different options. And I think it's great. But I think in this case, Terra Seed is being crafted for, I, I would say, people who are starting this journey and, and want to make sure they, they're getting everything they need. I was just thinking of how you were saying, you know, we've had even vegans say, well, I, I shouldn't need this. But I know that there have been people who have said, oh, wow, I can feel a difference. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. That's the number one feedback we always get is how people feel after taking our supplement for a while, you know, like more energy, they feel more focused, more able mm. to concentrate, they they feel their mood improves, they are sleeping better. So we get all types of feedback. And at the beginning, when we start, especially when we started working in the formulation and we came up with the first the first version of the formulation, we tested it with a lot of people. We made a lot of interviews and we wanted to understand like, what, what is this doing for people? Do you really feel right. the difference or not? It also depends very much on how depleted you are in some of these nutrients. Mm. So for example, if you are B12 deficient or omega-3 deficient or D3 deficient, and you start taking these high doses of all these nutrients, probably you're going to feel it. For people who are more balanced and they have like higher higher levels of all these uh, ingredients or these nutrients, they won't see, they won't feel the difference maybe as much. But well, for that makes sense. Are, yeah, for people who are depleted, they they feel it right away. That's really exciting to see that there is a desire for a sustainable vegan multivitamin, you know, that is so, and validating doesn't feel like the right word, but kind of, you know, like that this, this thing you're like, I need this and it doesn't seem to be out there is desired. It's a need. I mean, I, when I was really diving into, I was already vegan, but paying more attention to nutrition I wanted exactly what you described, which was a, I was like, I want to take one thing. I am not going to have a cup, all these bottles or this different stuff to think about. And Terracy just fits the bill. So it's really exciting to see that this desire is there and growing. Mm. And I think a lot of people, when they learn things like this industry, we we created this study about the impacts of the supplement industry on animals and the environment. Mm. We learned that the U.S. supplement industry contributes to the killing of 24 billion animals every year, billion with a B. Holy shit. And most of them are fish to create omega-3s. It takes up to 100 fish to create one single pill bottle of omega-3s. It's crazy. 
because what you get is a concentration of their oil, right? And you have to kill that fish in order to do that. And then hundreds of millions of sheep and chicken and cows. And what people don't know is that supplements use the byproducts of these animals. So the bones, the tendons, the fat, you know, the fat from pig skins or from sheep's wool or from bones from cows, you know, like it's gross. It's horrible. So it's just it's like so the gross. leftovers of all these animals are used. And there are like some ingredients like magnesium stearate, which is made to actually, it's, it's a substance. It's like, a it's, it's made as powder and is used in supplement capsules machines. So the machines don't get, the capsules don't get stuck, you know, in the process. So it's just like a substance that is used in the manufacturing process. It's not even like mm. a nutrient. And then gelatin that is widely used, you know, for gummies and for capsules that comes from mostly from, from the skin of pigs, you know. Figuring um, out what gelatin is should be, honestly, I don't know how that's not the tipping point. <laughs> Just, I know, I know, eh. it's crazy, it's crazy. Yeesh. But supplement brands are not forced to disclose this information in supplement facts labels. So you will never know that they are using animal-derived ingredients. So actually wow. we've partnered... We've, yes, that's crazy. So we've partnered with this nonprofit called Animal Safe Movement, and we are running a campaign to make a petition to the FDA to include a section in supplement facts labels indicating the use of animal-derived ingredients. And there is another organization mm. that, uh, what was their name? Sorry, I just blanked out. Med, that's the one, Vegan, Vegan Med, and you can go to their website. They are also making a petition to the FDA. And we've been talking about maybe joining forces mm -hmm. because they, there are, there is a condition for some people, if they take anim, animal-derived ingredients, they get really sick. It's just a condition. So they they are putting together a list of supplements and, and drugs that don't have any animal-derived ingredients in them. Wow. Yeah. yeah. For, so for different reasons, they are making Fascinating. Them petition to the FDA yeah so I, I I think if you're a vegan and you do it for especially if you do it for the animals and the environment and you learn that all your supplements are made with animal derived ingredients right it's like it's not nice you know like <laughs> it's not a good experience hey there it's me if you're digging this conversation so far around conscious living in this episode and you're feeling inspired to make change that's literally why I'm here. If you want sustainable ways to be sustainable, you hear eco-friendly or green and wonder if you're doing it right. You want to make your diet more earth-friendly by going vegan. You want to live a more connected life, but you're not even sure what that means. No judgment. It is possible to feel excited about making changes to make a difference in the world every single day with your choices, to go vegan and stay vegan without feeling like you're missing anything, or to learn how to make good choices for the planet without feeling stressed. I help folks who are ready to make changes in their life that support their health and the world around them through supportive coaching, practical education, and steps that make you enjoy the process. If that's you, email me at consciouslycarly at gmail.com and let's chat. Back to the episode. Oh, and I mean, from what you're describing, correct me if I'm wrong, but I just imagine as the supplement industry, especially with that boom in the last few years, 
it kind of sounds like the wild wild west Mm. Hmm. Yeah, the FDA, that's the that's the other thing, right? The FDA doesn't require companies to actually sort of present any proof of what they are doing or how they are doing it. I mean, there is a certificate of analysis and a third party testing that you can do as a company, but it's not mandatory. It's a volume. So that's just something you have to do on your own with your own money, with Yes, and, and only if you want to be that transparent. But a lot of brands, they just they just Why don't. would you? Why? And it, it takes a lot of money and time and effort. The good news is that, you know, like consumers are becoming really, really smart and really demanding. So they are saying, okay, unless you show me that what you say is in these capsules is a, is a real thing, I'm not going to buy it. So a lot of brands are starting to to present like a certificate of analysis and the third party mm. testing. And I think things are changing because I think consumers are becoming more, more cautious and, and they are demanding that type of information, which is great because traditionally, traditionally this has been like a very opaque industry, you know? So, so it sounds like... So I th- I think- it- Oh, things sorry, are changing a little bit. No, I, I, I was just going to say that things are changing a little bit, and also with plastic, you know, it's crazy. You know, the, the same industry creates two point three billion plastic filled bottles every year, and only nine oh, percent of that plastic is recycled. Only nine percent, as you know, you probably have these numbers, Carly. So it's crazy. You know, it ends up in landfills or the ocean, becomes microplastics, and even we we actually take microplastics every day, you know, through water and through food and it's it's crazy. So for us, it was like so important, like the packaging aspect of the product. And we're the only brand in the US using fully biodegradable packaging, which also was like a super challenging endeavor. (laughs) Yeah, can you tell us a little bit more about, in terms of, sustainability what does that mean for terra seed because we've touched on some of it and especially with the ingredients mm-hmm. but what else what else does sustainability mean for for terra seed yeah packaging is a big thing because if you compare the amount of product and the containers you know the containers are pretty big and bulky and you know it's a lot of waste so for us, you know, like when we started TerraSeed, we were thinking, okay, let's let's find like the most sustainable solution out there. And there was nothing. It was all plastic or glass with a plastic cap or like mm-hmm. aluminum cap or which is very polluting. You know, al- al- aluminum mm-hmm. is very polluting to manufacture. And then it's very recyclable, which is a good part. And then glass is not as polluting to create it, but then it takes, you know, hundreds of years to degrade. So mm-hmm. it's a very, and it breaks and, you know, like it's not as clean or sustainable as other materials. So for us, it was a no brainer. Okay, we have to find like a different solution. So we found this cellulose that it was made with sustainable forests and it was degradable. It was biodegradable which was great, you know, for us, it was like, yeah, that's exactly what we want. 
So that's how we started using these these bottles, you know, that are like made with cellulose and biodegradable. And we thought it was a great solution. But then the recycling, correct? Those ones. You can recycle them and you could also compost them if you Mm -hmm. have a industrially compostable facility. So not backyard compostable. Yes. You could, you could, you could actually bury it in your backyard and it will take a few months to degrade. Okay. Also, have you heard about this Lomi bean? No, yeah. Yeah, we ran some tests with that bean and it decomposed with with the the Lomi bean. So, you know, like it's possible, but I think for a lot of people just don't have a backyard or they just feel like, yeah, I'm not just going to put all these bottles here every month or... So we decided to move to a different system where we actually have like pouches. So because we we are a subscription-based sort of company, when you subscribe to TerraSeed, you receive the, the supplement at your place every month. So instead of sending these bottles every month, our customers were like, no, I want you to send me the capsules in a different way. So it's not like I don't have to use all these bottles you know it feels too much packaging mm. we started using like these refilled pouches and you can now we, we send you like one empty bottle at the beginning of your subscription and then we offer bottles for free so if you're you lose your bottle on is or, or is like damaged or whatever right. you can you, you can claim uh another bottle for free which is great um and that's, you know, like that's been working really well for, uh, for us. The problem with this type of materials is that if it's not in, in touch, if it's not like touching like the soil, it will degrade like slower, you know, at, at a slower pace. So for example, mm-hmm. if this bottle ends up in a landfill full of, you know, surrounded by plastic and it's not touching the soil, is going to take way longer to degrade. Right. Way less than plastic, but still it won't happen in in two months or, you know, like. Right. So it's just so interesting because when you start like digging into the sustainable packaging space and, oh my God, it's, it's just not easy. I can't imagine. Navigate these. You have to be very cautious about how you present your messaging and how to explain to consumers, you know, what are the implications of this packaging. So it's challenging. It's still a very, yeah, very young industry. And, and I think there is a lot of room for, for improvement. There's been like some companies in the US and Europe that they are working, for example, upcycling some materials mm. or some elements like like fruits and vegetables that are discarded and they create materials made with that that are way more compostable than cellulose, for example. Right. So I'm sure at some point we will move on and, and start using other materials. But for now, this is the, the best option. And we came up with these tubes in a way that they protect the product and, and they've been life tested, you know, shelf life tested. So we know that they are like very, very good to protect the the capsules from oxidation. So we, we are very happy with this packaging, but there is a, a lot of room for improvement. So how do people then discard of the packages mm-hmm. that they come in now versus the bottle? 
So our recommendation is if you don't have like an industrially compostable facility, just recycle them. They are super recyclable and that's probably like the easiest and cleanest way of like recycling or or like right. sort of giving giving the packaging another life. But if you have like a composting facility in your city or in your town, yeah, you can totally use it. Or if you have like a lomi bean or or you have like compost bean, that's another way of like so the pouches are also able to be backyard oh, yeah. compostable Absolutely. Yes. as well. Because I don't have an industrial composting facility near me. The nearest one I think is five hours away. Mm-hmm. And our recycling local recycling center only takes one and two. Wow. So there is even, I think when we talk about, you know, access to all these things, even just where you are regionally then and what you can recycle and what you can get rid of is a whole different conversation. I know, I know, Carly. So I mean, it's it's great to hear that both the bottles and the, the pouches can be thrown backyard compostable because oh, yeah. where I'm from, that's way more common. Yeah, yeah, totally. You could you could just dig a hole in your backyard and, and bury them. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. No problem. It's, it's interesting because the recycling industry, which is also a, a beast, you know, it's huge in the U.S., is also not very happy with these compostable solutions because that means it will take away their business. So there's, there's some tension mm. there between, yeah, like the compostable or com- yeah, compostable packaging companies and then the recycling industry (laughs) that's so interesting I have never thought about that and I know it's money but that's that's so frustrating because I'm you know I just my hopeful optimistic brain is just like but aren't we here for the same mission come on you want to make more money because of recycling (laughs) yeah Ah! yeah Yeah. it creates a yeah like it's a it's a very profitable interesting industry so but I think this is this is going to change because at the end of the day, if the customer wants that, and I always thought like one day I really want to walk into a grocery so- shop and and don't see any plastic at all, you know, like just just get all the packaging compostable, recyclable, and I think we are we are getting closer. We are getting closer. I think this this lomi bean that I mentioned before, I think it's mm-hmm. it's just such a great solution. So we're talking and, about a, uh, that's how a, it, a small, I just want for people who might not know what that is. We're yeah. talking about a, a, a countertop composting device, right? Yes. Where you can throw in your foods, organics, compostable material, and it mm-hmm. is going to turn it into soil, correct? That's exactly Okay, right. just to make sure everyone. And this press is put on and, and in, within 24 hours, even less, like the next day, you just open your bin and all this waste is being turned into soil that you can so interesting backyard or yeah it's it's amazing and they they actually did this um crowdfunding campaign and they raised mm-hmm. like seven million or <laughs> it was crazy I saw that because it started from that Pila case yeah they are the and same I've, yeah I've the used company. them from like the for you know you start looking into things when you go into this eco-friendly journey and mm-hmm. for whatever reasons they were the one of the first companies that I found 
that I was like, oh, I need a new phone case. Oh shit, phone cases are made of plastic. I wonder if there's an alternative. And actually one of the kind of first places I was like, I'm supporting an eco-friendly company, you know, when you oh, dive into nice your thing. environmental <laughs> journey, you're like, look what I did. Yeah, yeah. And, and we partnered with them, as I said before, we we were making running some tests with our packaging and I, I think they are into something. And I think that's the future, probably like coming back from doing your shopping and then just like tossing all these packaging that is compostable into that bean and then soil. I think that's the future of packaging and I'm very excited. But as, as I said before, there are so many dynamics and hidden agendas and, you know, a lot of things happening there that we're not always aware of that as much. Right. And, and it's pretty crazy, you know, like, but that, hopeful about the future of this space and of kind of the markets shifting. Is that true? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm very optimistic, actually. I, I think sometimes when it comes to sustainability and climate change, and I think a lot of people are very pessimistic. I see new generations like really being convinced that that's the only way to go mm. and with diet with habits with purchasing decisions you know like I think new generations are very eco smart and yeah. I think they're they're going to, to you know like change things for sure I'm, I'm an older woman I'm 52 so you know in my generation it was a completely different thing but I, I see it in my kids and and other kids I I, I think I'm very hopeful that these new generations are going to change the game for sure. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I'm 31 and I already feel like the generations below me are so much more aware of things at a younger age than Absolutely. I ever, ever was. And so it's like, it, you know, that rapid change in that way is exciting just to see how it's it's normal for Gen Z to talk about climate change. Oh, yeah. You know, and that is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty that cool. Is, that is pretty great. So how they use the terms and yeah, and, yeah, you catch them like talking about climate change and this and that. And I was like, wow, that's a conversation I never had when I was your age, you know, like 16 or 17. And not yeah. even a chance. No, not even a chance. <laughs> so I, for a few years now, have been inspired by your honestly just tenacity in this space and your ability to to keep pushing despite it being a world that is not vegan and not necessarily sustainable and and you just your positive attitude is contagious so I appreciate that energy and I am also curious how you stay in that space or try to stay in that space like what how do you take care of yourself in this world yeah. Wow, it's not always easy. I'm going to start mm. with that. You know, I think it comes with your your personality a little bit, like how you're built. Yeah, I always say that my mantra is stay focused and stay positive. I think that that's taken me a long way, you know, with TerraSeed and, and in my previous companies. I think this being my third company is helped a lot. 
you know, I had my previous company was actually acquired by a bigger company in Boulder. How that's how I moved with my family to Boulder uh, in Colorado. And, you know, building, being my third company, I think I know what's coming. Like, I'm not surprised, you know, like I, I kind of know how to tackle certain situations and as I you're not as surprised by the highs and lows yeah yeah that's exactly you're going to have so much of highs and lows and all the time it's just finding that 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 space that is like the eye of the hurricane the eye Mm. of the storm is that that Mm -hmm. how you say eye of the storm and and that's where you just find your center which in this case is your anchor to your mission and then you just operate from there and you always focus and go back to your mission always like why Maria why are you doing this and that gives you the strength you need and not only the passion because I think passion is is a short thing right like it's, it, it just fades away Whereas purpose, which in my mind is the same as mission, is way more powerful, right? Like it's there to stay, it's there to guide you as a North Star with everything you do. It makes sense and it's something we have to go. We have to do, sorry. Okay. We, ha- we have to do it. It's just that for me, it's just an, a no-brainer. And and the lows, you know, and the, and the hardships and the difficult times, are almost like it it comes with building a new company yeah. and a new approach and and trying to break through in an industry and try to bring innovation and you know it's got it's going to happen and and just having faith on one side and and being very positive about that and also knowing the harsh reality mm. and just be prepared for whatever comes. I think that is a combination of these two things for me. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Is there anything <laughs> else you want to share with listeners that I haven't <laughs> given you space to do so? We just launched um, multivitamin for kids. So fun. Um, I'm so excited because, you know, a lot of like vegan kids and vegetarian kids and kids who are raised by these parents on a plant-based diet and it's not easy to find like formulations created specifically for them so we're excited that we are supporting nutritionally you know like these superheroes kids who follow a plant-based diet and yeah it's it's been amazing really like launching the product and it's doing really well and yeah, I'm very proud of that product too. Not not only the multi for for vegans. <laughs> it's really really great. It's been fun to see that one unfold as well. Yeah, I will share information about Terra Seed in the show notes so people can check out the website, check out the work that you all are doing, and get their vegan vitamins. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It was really nice to catch up with you as well. Yeah, thank you, Carly, for having me. It's been a lot of fun talking to you and thanks for everything you do it's amazing thank um, you right back at awesome. you if you're hearing this message you've listened to the entire episode of consciously clueless and for that thank you so much i hope you enjoyed this new episode and if you did please leave a review on apple Podcasts, spotify or tag me and share in social media share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic 
To get more resources, influence on topics covered, and bonus content, join the Consciously Clueless community over on Patreon at patreon.com slash consciouslycarly. And don't forget, if you need help living more consciously, let's work together. Email me today. See you next Wednesday for a new episode.